Welcome to Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast. I'm Megan Kerrigan and I'll be sharing ideas on how you can become a more consistent and confident dancer that understands your body and mind. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Meg Talk. I am so excited because today I have an incredible woman who has been, you'll have heard me talk about her and everything I ever do because she has been my idol forever and I'm getting a bit embarrassed now because she's looking at me saying this, um, in all things Irish dance, but also in the way she handles herself and in life in general. So I would like to introduce Kira Sexton. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) I don't know how to ever talk after it. You're so kind, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. So it, for those of you who don't know Kira, but I think you all pretty much will, um, I've got a long list of things here that are just mad about you. Right. World champion, top, top of the list, um, lead dancer in like basically every top show in the world and many other shows too. Um, choreographer, lecturer, TV presenter, dance teacher, mother, inspiration <laughs> life coach mind coach like what can't you do me I mean I try my best that's all I can do that's what all can't we- you do the interesting thing is they all obviously help each other don't they um all of those roles have all helped other roles come into into play but yeah I think the main point I'm trying to get across here is Kira is inspirational and she will have something that every single person listening to this can take away and relate to, learn from. Um, but also we're just going to pick at her brains a little bit and see what how she can help us all. Um, so first of all, um, it's hard writing questions because I, just, I, I could talk to you for three days. You know what we're like once we get started. But the first question I want to ask is, um, what is your earliest memory of an Irish dancing competition? My earliest memory, um, it's actually a really funny one, and it involves my best friend, Cara. Um, I was so fortunate to grow up and go to school with four wonderful, now women, and I'm still best friends with them. Um, Cara, yeah, Stephanie and me, we were just this clan. Um, We went to school together, we danced together. So, I mean, there's no other time in your life when you're young. That's it. We did everything together. So... (laughs) We were all in the same age group, so the shenanigans. I, I, I don't know how my poor teacher put up with us because we were, and we were just, you know, unruly. But we, we got. So I remember a Midlands qualifying. So for you know our qualifying events around the world are, are all called different things. So the Americans know it as the Eructus. Mm-hmm. Here, where I am in Limerick, we call it the Munsters because that's our region, the Munster Championships. So in England, in glorious England, we call it. <laughs> the Midlands Regional Qualifying, and it was always sort of the event of the year, not only for the amazing dancing and the people that you got to witness perform, John Kerry, Edward Searle, Kelly Stevens, all of those people, yourself, Megan, Declan McHale, Andy O'Reilly, my God, the list goes on, but also for the crack, yeah. <laughs> it was 90. So we we're, were... We're known for the crack in the Midlands, aren't we? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Carol Scanlon, yeah. number one, number one for crack. So... We must have been six or seven. And Cara asked me when the recalls were coming out. And I think in those early age groups, you're just doing a reel and a light jig. And I think it's like recall, hop jig, single jig. I mean, it's it's light. It's a light competition. It's a light day. It's fun. And she said, when are the recalls coming out? I had no idea. I don't even know if I knew what a recall was. (laughs) And I'm not quite sure. Ask her. I pointed at a judge and she walked straight up to an adjudicator mid-adjudication, so (laughs) mid-dance. My dancing teacher, as many others, was on the front row, witnessing one of her students approach an adjudicator who had her head down writing a mark. And this little tiny, you know, six or seven-year-old were like, excuse me, excuse me, (laughs) when are the recalls out? Which an adjudicator would not know. They they piece of paper and she was trying to explain whilst giving this person on 
on stage at the time that she that wasn't something that was you know she would know that's not information I would know but my teacher I think she hovered above in her chair I've never seen her so angry in my life but it's such a cool memory and I think it's my earliest memory of of dancing in general and it just sets up my life really just laughs <laughs> um a bit of yeah and and friendship (laughs) that is brilliant and how amazing that like you said four of you at school together dancing together that was that was class and did they all dance until they were older or when did they we all had different competitive journeys because we all wanted different things out of dance whether or not we knew how to label that or or box it we all knew when our time was yeah Um, I was in love with dance and wanted to dance as a career. So I just took it on a little bit longer than they did. But we all professionally danced for Marion Turley's Celtic Feet for years. And still now, if she'd said, if she says to us, there's a gig, we'd find it really hard to turn it down. I love that. Yeah. So we're always called back and reined back in. I love that. That's brilliant. Changed. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm a bit jealous. Um, what I also love is like we had loads in my age group at one point there was 13 of us in my age group in my dancing school and people I, I think d- nowadays schools are a little smaller and it's hot like people find that difficult how was that like did you find any rivalry ever between the four of you or how how was that being all together you know, you know I felt like we pushed each other in the appropriate places yeah <laughs> my friends are exceptional um one of them uh, went on to Aberystwyth University and got first in maths she wow. then became a chartered accountant incredible wow my friend Steph works for Discovery the BBC all these different channels she's a zoologist wow. so we all wanted different things, things. so they pushed me at a time when I needed it. Um, yeah. Sometimes we all qualified for the world and not all of us would go. Um, I just knew that that was my path. But we all used our different strengths. I mean, I don't think I would have passed my SATs without the help of my friend Cara. So right. in different areas of life, we've really helped each other. And we still do to this day. I have panicked questions to my friends, um, especially Imelda Cunningham. Is this normal? My yeah. one-year-old doing this is this normal um to which she replies whenever she can she also has a one-year-old and you know we just we're still pulling each other through life so it's unusual now and unusual when you say there were 13 in my age group but back then it was camaraderie first it was 100%. friendship yeah. yeah it wasn't a rivalry in class not at all and that that was exactly the same experience for me like we all, everyone was pushed and we all pushed each other. And some days it would be your day. The next time it would be somebody else's day. And that was fine. And uh, we equally celebrated all yeah. of those days. Yeah. And, it was cool. and I, I speak about this and I spoke about this at the Worlds to some people. And, um, one of my, fa- my favourite memory of the World Championships this year, um, one of our dancers sat on, our, on mine and Avine's knee after not getting a recall and being really disappointed. And another one of the girls from her same... Are they from the same region? I don't know. But she also does move with Meg from a different school, came on and danced her set dance. And the girl on my knee said, I'm so happy for Amy. I'm, she's worked really hard for this. Well, the tear just dripped down my face because I was like, you can be disappointed for yourself and happy for somebody else at the same time. Yeah, and we're, all at, that. we're all at such a different stage in our dance journey. No one, no, if you compare yourself to any competitor in your age group, none of you are on the same timeline path um not everyone's been dancing the same amount of time not everyone can get to the same amount of classes so yeah. it's wonderful and really imperative that we celebrate each other especially in success yeah and I think that was I was you should have just seen me a tear just drip down my face I I like, this, is, this is what it's all about I can imagine I mean some of my fondest memories of uh dancing are witnessing other people win John Carey in 2002 came back and danced in Glasgow, literally blew me away. Um, watching you that. in Glasgow, Conor O'Sullivan, I think yes. the whole world, uh, when he received his world title, which was so overdue. And yeah. uh, can I say that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he could have danced for any single one of our Midland schools because we all celebrated it. So yeah, 100%. Him. Yeah. That was a good year. There was when we all myself and Kira and Connor and 
John Whitehurst, was that the four of us? Yeah. All one from the same region. And that was a good year. We we celebrated that well, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're moving on to the next story now. <laughs> um, my next thing I'd like to say is like you were different as a dancer. I have never seen anybody dance in the way that you dance. Like you were, you just have something so special and something so different in competition. I'm talking more so now, um, like no one I'd ever seen before. And that obviously has loads of positives, but I'm just wondering if, did that ever bring any negatives? And if it did, how, not negatives, yeah, negatives, but how did you overcome any of those or did that bring anything that might have seemed negative? It's so strange to hear you say that because I don't in any way follow that sentiment. I always felt like I was behind because perhaps some of the language I was hearing was, not perhaps, I was definitely told you are a light dancer and you need to work your backside off to even earn your place on that stage in a heavy. So I always felt behind. I always felt like I was at a disadvantage. And whilst now that can be considered toxic language Mm -hmm. from parent, um, as both of my sisters danced, I also felt like it was really real and no one was messing. Yeah. Uh, Knew what I had to do. And so whilst um, we're all naturally more gifted in one shoe than the other, which mm. you know yourself, um, yeah. I just I knew what I had to do. But I did always feel like I was at a disadvantage. And that's why the, at the heavies really took over in my training and the lights really took that sidestep. They, yes. were, no, they weren't an afterthought, but they certainly weren't danced at every class. Right. And, and I think that's what that is where I was sort of, going for but also you danced your heavies in a unique way which was great and amazing and it was you and I think that sometimes people are trying to dance like somebody else when actually you just need to play to your own strengths and that is what you did you were light on your feet and you floated and you uh, and it was amazing to watch I think that that is all down to my wonderful teachers Marina Roshin it would uh, you know you don't know your style when you're young yeah you don't understand, you don't realise what your strengths are. But Marion and Roshan's choreography, their teachings, their general musings that I still think about now are yeah. just, I'm teaching the way they taught me and it's the only way I know how. You experience the same thing. We had a really well-rounded education. So mm-hmm. it took, I remember it took me a month to learn all the different trebles, okay? Did I know them well? No, but I learned them. And yeah. I was really allowed to explore any of them in any of the material until I had them whereas now I I feel as a teacher I'm on at this timeline where if they don't have it I take it out and I put something else in because they need to be ready for six weeks time and it's just this um hamster on a wheel type and I do feel that sometimes when children tell me they want to go into shows it's so hard to explain that that choreography is 25 years old and you need to be able to do a drop heel, um, a toe drop heel, slow trebles, fast trebles, boxes, and this is going to be really tough. Yes. But we had it. We were given that education because we were allowed the time to grow as a dancer instead of racing through the grades, racing for trophies and racing for achievements and to smash them. That makes so much sense. It's like not, and the point of like taking something out if it's not there yet. But then when do you ever go and revisit that and fix it and make sure it's there? Like we, a lot of the time it was like, well, no, that's in your step. So you go and make it better. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't was taken a, out. You know, with Michael and Rose, there was that whole point as well as Marion and Roisin of proving yourself, mm-hmm. of proving yourself. And your parents were right behind the teacher. And, you know, it's sad to say in some cases that that's not always the way. Yeah. At the time. And it's a reflection on society. It happens yeah. in it happens on in all walks of hobbies but it's um there's more blame placed on a teacher these days than possibly the lack of work or dedication or commitment from a dancer to uh, a dance a particular timing or to movements in themselves yeah and is that taking taking the responsibility and putting the responsibility on the child or the dancer when when I used to come out of class and if anything had <laughs> gone wrong um it, I'm like, mom, but it wasn't my fault. No, go in there, back in there and say sorry. Yeah. 
yeah go back in there why are you not in there practicing that oh i don't like this can we take out no get it fixed get it in that step um and it does make sense and you see it in loads of different areas um like you say it's not just dancing but yeah support and that full solid foundation is really important i, I like that um moving on <laughs> so we we get lots of questions at move it make about confidence and nerves and i don't know if you've seen but we've got the move it make on tour coming up soon we're coming to dublin and nina um for two dates where we're doing a full day of i'm going to be teaching the mega method which is like my method that i use to make sure i felt confident walking on that stage at a fesh um we're going to be teaching that because we heard so many questions about confidence and dancers being able to dance brilliantly at class and then it just all fall into pieces at a competition so what would you say is the best message for dancers that are listening to this that struggle with that struggle with turning up on fest day it's a can of worms megan as you know <laughs> and can we really answer it with one answer could we be here for three no. days yeah <laughs> that's why i said give me your best message <laughs> not all <laughs> of your messages <laughs> three hours later um, it's my, the number one reason clients come to me, I need help with my confidence, my stage presence. My teacher says this, um, you know, there is a root cause for everything. It could be down to what you've done that day. Have you had a fight with your mom, your dad, your parent, your guardian, whoever's looking after you and taking you to the fesh is your brain in panic mode, a side stage, because if it is, it's not calm enough to concentrate on three steps. Yeah. And when you think about it, Delivering three steps twice. What's the drama? Where's yeah. the drama? If you're worrying about the end of your day, at the start of your day, you may as well write off that day. So if your results are going to dictate how your day goes, mm -hmm. you're going backwards. I do feel like a lot of people are so scared about the outcome, the marks, the results, and you know what that means afterwards that they just throw away the first round. Um, after that first round, people get a little bit lighter, easier in their mindset. So I, you know, as a life coach, I brought some methods and tasks and actions from life coach teaching into mindset Irish dance coaching, yeah. where we do work through and get to that root cause. Well, where, like, what's the pinpoint? Where do you feel? Where does that fight or flight kick in? Yeah. And uh, my business partner, Scott Darty, he's he's very blunt compared to me. I'm a little bit nicer in the way I explain things. <laughs> he's, he's blunt and then some children really, you know, really me, get on. It. Me and Scott will get on. <laughs> yeah, because, the, you know, people need to be spoken to in different ways. And he'll say, um, but where are you throwing this all away? And I'll say, but where is it? What's the turning point? And Scott always talks about the science of fight, of, fight or flight. And it's a reaction in your yeah. brain. There's science behind it. It will happen. So if we know it will happen, let's preempt it and say, I know this is going to happen to me, or I know I'm going to get sick today, or I know I might shed a few tears. Let's not get up in the morning and hope this doesn't happen. Let's plan for it. Yeah. There are so many different ways to approach that first round, but it's the main reason people come to me. So I'm so excited that you're doing your uh, mega Megan, Megan. <laughs> myth, myth busting um, tour because it's I feel like we're still at the stage where people don't understand how much mindset matters where it's in my eyes it's as, as big as your stamina training of course it is because and I always use the the terminology we, we work with muscles and the brain is a muscle yeah, and you, you have to train your brain as much for competition as you do your yeah. body but we we forget about that part of it and it is such a valuable part and without that you lose the rest but equally yeah. without you can't do all the mindset training it's finding that balance yes and often once you've done again talking of the foundations like you said with the trebles and knowing the right things once you've done the foundations and got that to a point where you know your fresh routine you know what works for you then it comes a little bit easier like yeah. when you, you get a new step, it's hard. But then after you've danced it for a year, you could do it with your eyes closed. Then it's exactly the same thing, but it's putting those foundations in and knowing, 
I think people as well just forget that it's going to be different for everybody when it comes to that and fresh dye routines. I've um, worked with a dancer for a good few years and she really struggles with nerves. And we've finally now got the perfect, we know four days before a competition, she's going to have that moment of, I just don't want to do it and I'm not very good. And so before we get to that, five days before the competition, we now do our journaling and we do all the things we know that are going to stop that next part of the process kicking in. Um, That's not going to be the same for the next answer that comes along. So it's finding that for yourself and then using competitions to experiment. Yeah. I think that's another thing that people maybe don't do is try that, reflect on it, change what didn't work for you. And then keep trying it in the run up until your major. And by the time you've got your major competition, you should know exactly what works. Um, But like you say, we're so focused on I came sixth or I came tenth or I. It's funny when I ask, how did you how did you get on? How did you dance? I came sixth. No, that's not what I asked. How did you get on? (laughs) It's it's, uh, you know, we're having the same conversations, I feel like with our clients and it's not until you do, like you said, and you refer to it as lay that foundation. If I go a side stage and I know that I'm prepared, my mind is clear. How do we get to that point? And we have to determine the root cause of what is stealing that first performance. Because if we've worked so hard in the studio, our, our parents are telling us we've worked hard, our teachers are telling us we've worked hard. What is, what's stopping us? What's the roadblock? Yeah. Um, and once you determine it, you can try many things to move past it. And yeah, like you said, that's where experimental feshes come into it yeah. and how wonderful they are that we have them. Uh, it's just like being at school in education. We study, we test, and then we, we have those major tests, GCSEs, A-levels, SATs. Irish dancing is exactly the same. We practice, we fesh, we major. So we're used to that sort of journey but falling at that first hurdle of that first um, round is a lot of people's issue. And then obviously does reflect in the results. Yeah. And then I suppose then once that's happened, then you've got that little follow through of, okay, now there's more pressure because I need to fight, need to be better in the second. It just adds and knocks on. So if we can get that first initial mm-hmm. dance Mm-hmm. to how you know you can do it and your teachers know you can do it and you're walking off happy they're happy how much better does the rest of that day feel yeah uh, I feel like Megan when you're going through all the the ifs whys when we're trying to determine what happens and why there is a lot of things there are a lot of things that are left to the day so um when was the last time you practiced a stage presence you're, you're getting this comment from your teacher right every fish but what are you doing in between this fesh and that fesh? Well, the next fesh, I'll just try harder. Yeah. It's not acceptable. What seems like common sense now, because we're way out of it, isn't so much a, a second thought to people who are still in competition because they're so focused on delivering feet-wise. So, yeah. you know, those golden messages or questions that we get, um, I want to dance like, and how do I look like? We can't all dance like, like you were saying earlier. You can only dance the best way you know how because you're the best version of you. So let's work on that. And, you know, obviously we have had chats about how scrolling can interrupt that and affect that, um, especially when confidence comes into it. Um, The want or need to emulate someone else, Mm. um, especially that we see time after time on those Instagram videos, uh, pictures on our feed, Um, can really sort of feed into it as well so there's a lot to tackle and there's a lot to address to get to your best performance yeah and you actually said something there that makes sense I definitely did that my teachers always you need to smile on stage you need to smile on stage and then I wouldn't do anything between and then I wouldn't smile the next fish no but I was trying to think about it Yeah, yeah but you thought about it for the first eight bars and then you had to concentrate on something else I used that as a method as well. And when my teachers tried to make me smile at class, I felt silly. So I didn't do it. But actually, it would have made such a big big difference that first day that now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I I did do that thing that you told me that I felt silly doing. Um, 
And other people then may have looked at that and thought, oh, well, Megan's do it. I'll do it. And it's like understanding that you've just got to do what's best for you in your journey. So yeah. Other people might smile naturally on stage um, and they won't have to practice that. But do what works for you because you're the only person that's there at the end and that's leaving in the car on the way home with mom having the debrief saying, oh, I was really happy. I'm really proud that I did that today. Or, yeah. oh, I'm still not smiling on stage. Yeah. And okay. there, there are such missed chances if, if you chicken out. If you don't say, right, I'm really going to step outside of my comfort zone. And uh, Marion always used to say something when I was younger, and it was every single person has paid the same entry fee because I would not want to get in anyone else's way <laughs> when I was much younger. And I'd just, I get this. What she would say is give away the front of the stage. And I'd be like, yeah, but they were just doing their thing in front of me, whizzing up and down. And, and she'd be like, but you've paid exactly the same amount of money. You have worked as hard as you can why are you still putting yourself in a back seat? Mm-hmm. Why don't you think you deserve to be there to yeah. that's your, or, you know, that you deserve this happiness. And I do feel like being a teenager plays into it a lot. There's yeah. a lot of emotions and hormones running around teenagers' bodies. The last thing they want to be is embarrassed. Yes. Okay. Sacre blur. If, if you're embarrassed as a teenager, you'll never forget it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So there's just a lot that comes into play, but we've all paid the same amount of money to be there. Yeah, that is a good message. And it's so true. We hear that all the time. Like she just lets other dancers dance in front of her. Um, Oh, but I couldn't, like you said. Oh, but she was there. I asked her where she was going and she said there, doesn't matter. You, that's now you're thinking about where she's going. Focus on you, do you. And the other person will do what they do. And then if you bump, you bump and you deal with it when it happens um but yeah same we're on the same page with that but I like that message everybody's everybody's paid the same entry fee um so I like that okay transitioning then into sort of the show side of things uh are you giggling at me <laughs> transitioning right we're moving on <laughs> it's seamless I love it I like it. to get those uh moving on into the next part um <laughs> I have my questions I really want to ask here <laughs> transitioning into the show side of things um and then you might laugh at this or tell me I'm wrong but it seemed like from my perspective that that transition for you was quite seamless (laughs) yeah I, I thought you might say that I really struggled with that transition and you all you actually almost touched upon it earlier um we've had many conversations about shows and the best way for people to portray themselves and get what would you say to younger dancers that are still prioritizing competition so they don't have time to really be practicing any sort of show dancing? What can they be doing now to prepare themselves for that in the future if it's something they want that's not going to take away from their competitive dancing? Okay, so uh, it's a question I get asked a lot. Um, because on the side so I just really love to help people in dance okay I don't like to say I am a, a label I don't like to label anything that I do but I just love to help okay yeah, you do. you're a very <laughs> good helper I'm with that so when people come to me and say oh, how do I get into what do I I have no experience I say but have you danced at uh, St Patrick's Day did you dance in a nursing home have you danced at a festival did you dance on the news bring search your brain ask your parents bring me all of that information and that's our starter cv i remember my first resume that i sent to lord and dance i think the font was like 24 i was just i I had nothing i had nothing and i'd been a part of a dance company so luckily but there was just nothing there and i was like drama gcse like that was gonna help (laughs) (laughs) Woo! i'm in Um, and obviously now with the, the knowledge that we have, we can help others and just say, this is usually what we see. And I've had the very distinct honor to cast for a few shows and help with a few shows casting. It's never personal whenever you um, receive that no or, or don't hear back at all. But when you're first starting out, you just need a good headshot, a good body shot. And tell me, have you been on the news? It doesn't matter what for. If yeah. you've been on the news for St. Patrick's Day, that's wonderful. I don't need to know the second you were on the news, the year, 
but it's, it needs to be down there. So lots of people have danced in nursing homes. They've danced um, in bars. It's yeah. all relative. It's all experience. I don't need to know if you worked in your corner shop because it's not relative. So <laughs> when you are thinking, I don't have time, you've probably already dedicated that time in a parade in something else. I also look for when I'm casting for different shows, people who are leaders that can be led. If you've helped out in a beginner class, I'm not asking you if you're a TCRG, but if you've helped your teacher, I know you're the type of person that I need for um, Celtic Illusion yeah. because they like nice family team spirit. And to a certain extent, every show does, but I yeah. know that casting for certain shows, I need a certain type of person. Yeah. So quick learners, things like that. Um, it, nothing has to be professional. You can take your headshots, your body shots on an iPhone. Lots of people do. So it's, again, a reflection on, you know, youth society today to already count themselves out. I'd love to be in Lord of the Dance, but I'm not good enough. Yeah. Well, you, t- you tell me how you're not good enough and I'll fill a CV out for you. Let's build yeah. it. Um, I always end with, like, what do you have to lose? Yeah, 100%. How many adults have we met Megan that said well I would have loved to have been in Riverdance yeah and I feel like well listen you know, <laughs> yeah exactly you can dance you can treble off we go they usually look for timing and that's uh, it yeah and I think I think personally as well when I was younger and dancing I saw these shows I think the competitive mindset of these are the top dancers top 20 at the world they'll be the ones that go, I'd never got a recall at the world, so I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. But you actually might be better. And I always use the example of myself and Erin Kate because she would get, say, 20th at the world. I can't remember what her highest place was. We were in the same age group. I would win the world championships. She would come 20-something. And we went into the show and roles completely reversed. She was a much more natural show dancer from the start. She climbed up the ranks. She was lead for for so many years. She was amazing at it. She made yeah. it her own. That transition took me so much long longer, but from an outside perspective, you would expect that I would be the one. And I think that's where people need to stop and realize they're completely different things. Don't be counting yourself out. Avian Walsh, lead dancer on... Broadway with Michael Flatley never got a recall at the world championships so and, like- and would anyone ever ask you and yeah. you know it was it was such a strange thing where um you know belonging to certain organizations people it's they're all common misconceptions it's not just yeah. the there are more than nine major organizations within Irish dance and dancers from each and every one of them are in shows right now yes. So, yeah, it's it's my favorite dancers, my favorite lead dancers over the years when are probably not the world champions. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, can I conjure up what Erin Kate dances like? Or every time I have been so fortunate to watch her from an audience member, have I been watching her character? Yeah, watching Uh, her face. (laughs) It's from the hips up. I mean, you you can say anything about anyone's dancing but you can also just say oh my gosh look at her yeah. she radiating Saoirse you know they are absolutely Morrigan they were born for this part and you know I see it with Riverdance as well uh two of my favorite leads of all time Gianna Natasha Petrasic uh, I I'm not I don't know if they traveled to the world championships yeah Maybe it wasn't for them. They're Australian. It costs a lot of money, as we know, um, to come all the way to Ireland and Scotland and dance. Did they need to? No, no, clearly not. You really don't need it to gain access into a show and also to climb those ranks, like you were saying. Yeah. So that's, don't be counting yourself out. It's possible for everybody. And that's another thing is just, when when I do my initial assessments for um, my personal training, I say, right, what's your big outrageous goal like the biggest goal that actually when you say it out loud you feel like well that's never going to happen what is that for you and Irish dancers are still really finding it difficult to say something big and outrageous even though I've basically told them tell me something you don't believe you can do (laughs) but you would love to they still can't say it out loud and I think having those things even if you 
you don't think, oh, it, that, I mean, that would be a one in a million. Say it out loud, put it into your mind because it is possible. And the more you say it, the more you're going to work towards that. It might not end up in the way, in the exact way you planned for it or thought about it, but something close will happen for you. But yeah, it's just reaching. We 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 stop ourselves, don't we? By protection. It's protection, isn't it? I I'm I did work like that for a very long time. I wouldn't like, and that's just pure competitiveness, but also like not very nice competitiveness in that. Like, oh, Megan, let's go and play tennis. I wouldn't play tennis because I've never played it before and I don't know if I'm good, so I just won't play. <laughs> but also, you were a really specific case because I would stand and watch you and know how great you were, but I definitely knew that that shred of self-belief was missing. <laughs> so lots of people would say to you, but you would be fantastic as... And although you enjoyed the compliment, because who doesn't, even though, we, you know, we don't really know what to do with it. So we yeah. say, you still were missing for the first maybe three, four years of your career. Longer, the, yeah. Longer, the will to say, actually, do you know what? I think I can do this. Yeah. Not so it looks some- I'd love to do this too. I know I have something to give here. Yeah. And I think that's a hard transition. It actually took somebody else to force me into that. <laughs> yay <laughs> bit of a push in the back and I still yeah. tried to opt out still tried to opt, opt out and everyone was like get up them stairs now I was like okay yes boss <laughs> it's so funny. there you go again competition we're best friends but we're competing against each other and then pushing ourselves um and each other towards the things that we knew that we could achieve kind of like what you were saying at the start with your friends which is nice um okay then best advice this is hard, that you were ever given as a competitive Irish dancer? As a competitive Irish yeah. dancer? Uh, do you know what? I? It was actually, it's not advice. I don't know, was it advice? It's more of a memory. Okay. Are you ready? Climb on in. Let's so go. every year um, after the World Championships, I'd kind of really decompress. But my dancing teacher didn't love that I was decompressing. So she'd enter us all for the British Nationals. Which- <laughs> Like, in, in all honesty, I didn't work as hard for in any way, shape Same. or form. I'm so honest. Same. I just didn't. I felt like, the, the so September to April for me, after it, mentally, I was exhausted. Yeah. Especially, uh, it, you know, from what I was saying earlier, I was leading off the back off, you're not a heavy dancer. Well, yeah. there's only there's two heavy dancers in a championship and only one light. So, right, can't rest on my laurels because my light dancing doesn't, it's it's not the whole championship and all of that. So I always had that. And I was always fight. I felt like I was always fighting yeah. for my best performance. Okay. Some days were great. Some days weren't so great. But after that, we always had to go to the British Nationals, which is, you know, I was in holiday mode. And one year... I did the work and I was very proud of myself and I didn't end up in the placement that I would have liked to at the end of the day. And um, for the first time probably ever that I've ever seen, a judge came over the microphone and I think it's because the championship ran quite late. Uh, The judge was called Bernard Hines. I don't know him. Um, He's not uh, an acquaintance. I know him as an ADCRG and that's it. He's from somewhere in Ireland. And he was an adjudicator that day. He was also a man who gave me a mark that I didn't wish to have. Okay. So we were sat in the audience and just uh, after the presentations had been uh, given out, he said, um, please understand all the work that you've all done to be here and set on this stage. And I thought, my goodness, he's what's, what is this? Why, why is he talking? Um, Then he said something like, if your results if you've had a good day and your results were what you wanted, that's wonderful. Today, if you didn't get the result that you wanted, I felt like he was talking to me. I felt like yeah. it, was, it was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> if you didn't get the result you wanted today, I need you to remember that tomorrow is a new day. And I thought, God, how many people have traveled home in the depths of misery? Yeah. Today, today, tomorrow is a new day. You're still the same person you were the day before. So that's basically don't wear that result. And yeah. don't let it find you. And everyone who you love in life will love you no less. And I just thought, 
what affects me when I have a bad result? Going home and telling my family, yeah. reporting back to my teacher, yeah. my, my own um, belief in my abilities. Why should I let a result, one fesh, one result, rule what I'm going to do for the rest of the year? Fair play to him. He was, I'll never forget it, British Nationals 2000 and... Oh. 2004 or five and well, I just nice. thought oh my goodness I can't let things like this define me but I also knew on a certain level and maybe I had an old head on me that there many more days like that were to come many oh, of course and if you yeah. can keep that in your mind it's a, it's a big message that I actually use in a different way I say what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay, then they tell me what the worst is going to happen. Okay, you're going to wake up the next day and your mom's going to love you still. Are you going to wake up the next day and are you going to go see your friends at school? Are you going to have a laugh after you still get that with your friends at the competition? Yeah, okay. Okay, and then I just leave, I kind of leave it there and I try and just leave that thought with you because we often are more worried about letting somebody else down or I hear all the time, I don't want to let my parents down. I'm like, your parents will love you, whether you do a headstand on the stage and then come yeah. down to them afterwards. Like, they will love you. Yeah. So, and they're proud of, and they will be proud of you <laughs> in a roundabout way, maybe. <laughs> but will. That, I think that's, yeah, I love that. That's, that is very good advice. Um, and it wasn't to me, it was to a, a ballroom of people. And I remember the Nationals used to be in Blackpool. Yes. Um, in the, those crazy ballrooms in the Winter Gardens. And I just, I'll never forget, I was sat in my dress, I had a sash around me. You know, it wasn't the day that I wanted, but it's not just the result. I put the work in and I think my performance fell a little bit flat. Right. And in fact, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it, especially yeah. as the day will run. I just was tired. I was unprepared mindset wise. And it just felt like in that moment that he was talking to me. I've That's never nice to talk to him about it I don't know if some of this I fabricated or added to yeah but have that memory and I'll have it forever yeah My, the best advice I, I've heard recently is from Colin Dunn a man who needs no inter- introduction yeah he said I was in one of his clinics for a whole week so I got to learn from him for a week um don't throw the, away the work because it's not perfect and I thought my goodness how many dancers uh-huh. will just concentrate on the one thing that went wrong in three steps instead of everything else that went right and I do feel there's a lot to be said for Irish dancers our teachers only have time to tell us what to fix I mean we can do the sandwich you know where we say this was great this needs work this needs great but when there's 40 people in a class you have to move on to that next jig there's three steps in every dance there might be three dancers um, on the floor at a time they're just telling you what they need to, what you need to fix. And sometimes that's all we focus on. I, fix. Yeah. I say, I say to my dancers, find, find yourself a compliment. And they're yeah. like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, if you've been told for six weeks that you, you need to sort your turn out and then you just don't hear that ever again, that is the compliment. Exactly. <laughs> Search for the compliment. It will be there. Yeah. I had this terrible left hand that just, it was straight, but stuck out at the end. And when we're back in the day, when we danced um, way back in the day, the skirts were big enough to cover it, (laughs) Uh, but I didn't fix it. And I was old for years, 10 years must be. And I carried it with me into shows and I have photos of end lines. I have action shots of this left hand out and my God, do I wish I could turn back time and go back and fix that still do it I don't know why how what where and you know I hope every time I dance it'll be different yeah to fix it no keep hoping (laughs) I've been praying keep hoping um okay and then we're going to finish off then with the smooth transition um with some quick fire questions that you're not allowed to think about you've just got to answer the first thing that pops into your brain goodness um they're not too hard don't worry Okay, that's great. Favorite food? Oh my goodness, um, vegetarian sushi. Okay, just very specific. Um, favorite color? Um, to wear, to look at, to whatever you think. Forest green to wear. Oh nice. my goodness! But I really love a good metallic baby blue. 
Oh, yes. Takes me back to my snowflake days. (laughs) (laughs) Got a picture of this big, huge dress in my head now. Um, Favourite day of the week? Uh, Friday. Oh, nice. Favourite month of the year? I would say September. Okay. Yeah. The reason. Favourite time of the day? Morning time. Okay. Favourite place in the world? Japan. Japan. Oh, I'm jealous. Favourite Irish dance? Um, to dance the reel, um, if we're talking competitive dance, to watch Slip Jig. Nice. But really, um, to, as an adult and as a teacher, as a spectator, any sort of set dance that's invented. Yeah. Um, this year at the World, Liam Costello, Owen Lubas. Oh, oh my God. Nancy, um, I don't have to say a second name, Timon, Timon. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, it was just a, a box ticking for me. I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Love yeah. it. Oh my goodness. That was a performance. I'm all in. And they're melodic, they're um, emotional. They're Creative. You're on a journey. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. My jaw's like on the floor when I'm watching those. I'm like, how, how are people's brains working like this? It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot to do with their great teachers. Um, yeah. Wheel and Niall Holly and uh, Leon dances for Skorinka Korea and the Gahanlees. But it's, it's sometimes it's something that can't be taught. That yeah. And yeah. when we were younger, there was a dancer called Andy O'Reilly who I felt really oh. the whole thing. A hundred percent. And still now when you see his, um, his choreography in uh, 16 hands and the figures oh my god I'm like I have to sit and watch this because this is going to be cool um two more favorite venue to dance in oh my goodness so you were there we did the O2 with Michael Flatley oh we, that was <laughs> I don't know if you know this but we sold more tickets than Peter Kay because he was on the next night <laughs> um yeah we did that um I just think that for me that was such a career highlight wow it was but insane my favourite venue is the Hammersmith Apollo in London. Okay. It's not because it's thousands of people. It's because there are so many legends that have walked on that stage. And we, for a brief moment in our lives, got to be there in the yes. dressing room, a side stage. And, you know, it's the oldest venue. It's, it's a little bit dilapidated backstage. It's smelly. Yeah. It's everything I want in an English venue. <laughs> And do you feel like you appreciate that more now in hindsight than you did at the time? I I remember noting the significance of it, but now yeah. I'm like, God, we did that. Yeah, we did this, and yeah. I got to do it with River Dance and Laws of Dance, so I'm eternally thankful and That's grateful. Pretty, pretty cool, double whammy. Favorite major? It's your last question. Favorite major? Well, the World Championships for me. The excitement. Yeah. It, the tension is massive um but really after covid and i don't know if this is a controversial comment go on go for it i really found that that every dance in school and every teacher was celebrating absolutely every single dancer that they managed to get on that stage which yeah. it always should be and should yeah. have um it was less about um winners yeah. It was more about, you know, I've managed to get these children, these young adults, these teenagers, these adults through two years of, let's face it, hard work, sometimes yeah. misery, sometimes elation. Um, but most of the time, you know, questioning whether they should continue with this yeah. art, this sport, this hobby. Um, so for me, the world championships and seeing, you know, things go up like um, 33rd on the first day managed to get top 20 the next day I did I see it all before I'm not sure maybe I had glasses on but now I'm just every dancer is being celebrated for I agree and you know what I hadn't I hadn't noticed it in the way that you just mentioned but I I completely agree with you and I think that's it's so nice to see, isn't it? And it's celebrating everything, the work that's gone into every single child and um, dancer, like you say. Um, yeah. oh, that's a nice little highlight for me too. It's acknowledgement, which is the most important. Yeah, and I think celebrating Irish dance still being a thing, isn't it, as well? It's like, well, we're really grateful to be here. Yeah, and it just felt like in, in Belfast, it was like, despite everything, against yeah. the odds, they're here, they're trained, they dance, and look how happy they are. Yeah. I don't 
really, really special year. Every year at the world is special because we have something to do, different to celebrate every year, different people to honor and commend and, and all of that. And obviously our new world champions, which, um, you know, is the highest accolade. But Belfast for me was just, we were back in somewhere that we have danced. Yeah. Um, both professionally, both competitively. I, I, it was so special. Yeah, that felt nice. And yeah, that was, oh my gosh, that was last year. Not this year, but last year. I was just like, when was that? <laughs> I wasn't there. Had a little brain brain fog there for a moment. Next um, year in Glasgow, oh my goodness. Oh, the next so it, it gives me excitement. Yeah, it always seems, when I walk in, I'm like, I remember it being bigger. I can't, what I have in my head and what's in front of me is always two different things. No, we were just smaller. That was the thing. <laughs> so many amazing memories it's my favorite venue that one I absolutely love it um for so many reasons but there we have it well thank you so much I feel like this we've touched upon a lot of different subjects there it might have been a little um whirlwind tour of Kira Sexton's brain which we should all try to get inside every now and then because it's amazing um let everybody know where they can find you you can find me on Instagram at Kira I will answer any question that you ever have about dance, about professional dance. Right now I'm working with TG Kaha. I don't speak a word of Irish. Good luck to me. Uh, we're trying to find uh, dancers, the next Unreal Deal star. That's just what I'm doing this week. So, right. you know, with every new week comes something different. I will always try and help you in any capacity that I can. I might not get back to you straight away because now I have a son, but I will get back to you. I promise. Yeah. That's my message always. I'm like, send me a message. And then four days later, I'm like, oh, need to reply to that message. But we will get back to you. That's our, I think we're both, that's our big, our big way, isn't it? Like we want to help as many people as we can. We want to give people what we didn't have as well. And I think that's um, really clear in everything that you do, Kira. So thank you for that. And thank you for being amazing in the Irish dancing world and for always being there for me to look up to because it's nice to have someone that inspires you in many ways, not just in performance, but like I said at the start, in your way with people and your um, morals and your, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't know. Like, morals wasn't the right one, but anyway, you, you get the message. You're so kind, Megan. And thanks for this podcast. I know lots and lots of people tune in. You are a, a ray of sunshine in the world of art especially in competitive dance. And we all need that little ray to move forward to, especially in our dark days. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And don't forget to check out Move With Meg on tour, the confidence edition, if anything there feels like it's going to help. We will see you again for another episode very soon. Thank you very much, Kira. Thank you for listening to Meg Talks. Don't forget to share your favourite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at movewithmeg with two Gs. And as a special treat, head to movewithmeg.co.uk forward slash Fesh Day Warm Up to access your free video. See you next time. <laughs>